And we'll do the claps. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, clap. Cool. Okay. Okay, Kayvon, I think you and I must have clapped at exactly the same time, because often I hear your clap through the bedroom door. Yeah, I don't think I heard your clap this time either. That's like clap synchronicity. We're uh, we're on a wavelength. The sound wave canceled each other out. (laughs) That's how you know this marriage is working, because we can clap in synchronicity in different rooms. (laughs) (laughs) The bedrock of a good marriage, can you clap at the same time? Basically, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's a pretty good metaphor for it, isn't it? (laughs) Well, welcome back, everyone, to the exo friends podcast on the utter millennial network the the only exo squad podcast i know of being recorded at this time um yeah i don't think literally anybody else is recording a podcast at uh uh seven to ten o'clock uh mdc time so uh so i i I have seen that there's there's been a little more exo squad pop content popping up uh and places like i saw someone posting reaction videos uh to exo squad episodes on youtube the other day uh via via the bring back exo squad uh facebook page um but uh yes uh introductions i'm dave hoyt and i am joined by kevon fishami and lexi de Kerning. the um today's episode that we're going over is called dogs of war written by mark edens and sherry goodhart so we've we've talked about sherry goodhart before but i don't think i said this last time i love her last name like it's, it's a good it's, name it's like it's like it's almost like bond girl-esque yeah it's yeah. very cool made for tv kind of name yeah i like it i like it i also uh, i I couldn't remember if we'd spoken about her before, but I did look her up, and like I didn't realize she worked on a she did an episode for a TV show called Young Hercules, that then sent me down a rabbit hole, and apparently a very young Ryan Gosling played Young Hercules, and he looks That's like amazing. a little baby. It's so that, weird. Yeah, we're gonna need there, to post that image that you found of him uh, <laughs> to our social media accounts because it's pretty entertaining. There, there are there are lots of like hidden gems. Like wait, how long ago was that? Because Ryan Gosling's um, not that old. It was nineteen ninety eight to nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. So that's even later than I was thinking. I was for some reason in my in my brain I was thinking like that came out at the same time as like the young, the adventures of young Indiana Jones or oh, wow. uh, my favorite lost and forgotten amazing T V show, Briscoe County Junior. That show <laughs> what? slaps. That's like definitely one of the great lost uh, television programs. Um, it, it's it, it's so so from your reaction, Lexi. I, I feel like you've never heard of this show. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kayvon. It stars Bruce Campbell. It does as a cowboy who encounters like sci-fi shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like an episode where they're on motorcycles ripping around. Um, there's like some evil German guys, I think, and they like have motorcycles, but it's like the 1890s. Um, it's kind of like that wild, wild west movie with Will Smith, but before that and with, um, Bruce Campbell. And I can't remember the actor that played his, uh, kind of partner in crime in that show. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, I don't know if that guy ever really had a huge career, but he kills, like, his name's Bubba, and he, like, absolutely kills it in that show. He's hilarious. Um, And the two of them together. Yeah, there's a guy named... uh, Julius uh, Carey? That might be him. I think that is him, yeah. As Lord Bowler? 
Yeah, but I think they call him Bubba in the show. Yeah, he's in every episode, so that has to be him. Yeah, that's got to be him. Um, and it's just I funny think seeing it, him not in Western garb because that's like the only thing I've seen him in. Great show. If if anyone hasn't seen it, I I recommend look, trying to find it. It is uh, definitely one of those lost gems, like we're saying. Like, yeah, if you are a um, if you're a Evil Dead fan, um, it's also it's a Sam Raimi show uh, who uh, you know is of course responsible for things like the Evil Dead, as well as a bunch a whole raft of weird television oddities and some classics from the 90s including of course hercules uh the what is it the journey begins or legend begins or whatever that show was called and then also uh xena warrior princess yeah um, oh, yeah i mean that shows like about 80 percent why i'm a feminist now yeah you and, <laughs> and like bisexual uh, everyone yeah <laughs> again you and like everyone um <laughs> Yeah, so at least I think like Sam Raimi had a hand in that show. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought yeah, I'm he pretty had sure some... he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely had a you know hand in a ton of television in the uh, in the '90s. Anyway, if and... if Bruce Campbell is there, it's a good bet that Sam Raimi's there. <laughs> yeah, he's floating yeah. around somewhere for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but. The, this episode, the, this uh, Exo Squad episode, is called "Dogs of War," and uh, we start we start out uh, we're we're back on Earth, and we see an emaciated dog looking for food. Uh, as Taurus flies down in a in that in that now, like now I realize it's in a bunch of episodes, a purple version of, of the tandem E frame, and she's there to meet Sean Napier. Yeah. Yeah. Who she like accosts after he says hi to her? Um, like, yeah, which... he wasn't even like really hiding that well. He was like, but <laughs> no. in a doorway, and she's like, "I almost fucking blasted you! Never sneak up on a ninja!" <laughs> right, and it's like you walked into the room he was in, and he was standing in there, and he said hello to you. It's like this, uh, which sets the tone for an episode where I think like Rita, who is of course fairly gruff. Um, Goes from being fairly gruff, however, I think, to, like, crossing over into, like, dude, you're kind of being an asshole. Yeah. 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 We need to talk about Rita's attitude in this episode. <laughs> it, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like that one episode where Brodsky was a huge ap- asshole to the Jump Troopers. It just seems so weirdly out of character. Right. Mm. And, I mean... You know, things that it's a kid's show, fair enough. And like, you know, it's, they, they only have so much time to work with character development and blah, blah, blah. And like, they already deal a lot with like the complexities of war. Setting all that aside, you know, I think like there's a missed opportunity here for talking about uh, just trauma and stress and PTSD and the fact that they've been at war constantly and like risking their lives in these like increasingly desperate situations for what, a couple of years at this point? So, yeah. you know, I mean, you can see, like, there's probably, you know, a shift, you know, in some of their attitudes and, like, there's a sense of, like, you know, people getting like, just, like, snappy and angry and frustrated and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, maybe she's taking out some of that battlefield stress on everyone else around her, especially people who aren't in her, like, kind of immediate family unit of the squad. Yeah, but still, like, that... some setup for that would have been nice. Because that's seems... the... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was uh, just going to was... say, this seems like it comes out of left field. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say that's the running theme between like the one where Bronski was a dick and this one and this one where Torres is a dick. Like they're they're interacting with people who are not part of Able Squad, right? And they get into like you know, I keep saying the word dick. They get into like dick measuring contests. Well, so this is the thing that I'm gonna say because I'm the woman here. <laughs> 
I love saying shit like that. Sorry, it's a joke. Um, but yeah, Kevin and I were talking about this while we were watching the episode of like, is Rita actually displaying toxic masculinity in this episode? Hmm. Because if you think about like all. With the huge caveat that like toxic masculinity is a totally amorphous term and we throw it around and we use it for like anything we don't like that men do sometimes with that huge caveat in mind, like it, it can refer to so many things, right? Like being overly aggressive, overly competitive, um, yeah, like unhealthily rude or obnoxious to people, like a certain attitude of arrogance, whatever, right? And like, if you think about it, that's kind of what she does to Eve throughout this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I don't She's know. Like I mean, bulldogs are constantly. Yeah. Which sucks because I also kind of like Eve as a character. I was like, oh man, Rita, like, you're not. I don't know. I, I love, I love all the like, um, tertiary female characters in this series. Mm-hmm. Like Eve, Colleen O'Reilly. Mm. Uh, there's there's another one whose name I can't remember now. Yeah. Even 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 on the Neo Sapien side, like Lydia is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, mean, even the Queen of uh, Cargo Bikinis herself. Uh, what's her name? Eve. Amanda. Um, or Amanda. Amanda yeah, Amanda Connors. Yeah. I, almost, I almost said Amanda Palmer. Uh, <laughs> Amanda Connors. Yes. That, that would be a very different. That, that would be an interesting. Uh, <laughs> That, yeah, that'd be an interesting take on that character. <laughs> She's Amanda Palmer. Well, and so well after after she after she dresses down Napier, who's cool as a cucumber through all this, about about sne- quote unquote sneaking up on her. Um, we learn that she's there on a mission to capture a Neo Mega. Uh, Neo Megas, of course, we've learned about them uh, via the episode that took place on Ceres with the giant space cannon. Um, and we immediately shift over from that to a Neo Mega whose name I never hear in the episode. Uh, they say it once. Um, Phaeton says it toward the end of the episode. His name is Lucellus. Lucellus. Okay. Okay. Uh, so a Neo Mega named Lucellus is uh, talking with Shiva and uh, it basically is like telling him, like, you should do, like, he's advising Shiva. And he's like doing it like very low key arrogantly where like he's implying that Shiva's a fucking idiot for not listening to him all the time. And Shiva goes to complain to Phaeton, but he has to like get an appointment through Lydia. Like at this, I actually, I actually, I love the show West Wing and I'm picturing like Lydia instead of like the secretary he had or the president had in that show, (laughs) like just not letting people in to see the president. (laughs) <laughs> and uh so she doesn't let shiva in there but she she lets uh a, a neosapien who we've seen before named pretorius who i think his major role is being the the person who spearheaded the creation of the neomegas yeah he just seems like a like the next scientist like top scientist whatever whoever replaced who's the graph shield guy again what was his name Zenobius. Zenobius, yeah, that's right. Yeah, replaced yeah. him. Poor, poor um, Zenobius. Also, I, I fucking hate being a uh, stickler, but somebody will probably correct us if we I don't mention this. Um, it's I think it's Livia, not oh, Lydia. Livia? Yeah, here's her. Because um, I tracked down Lucellus's name earlier. Because um, they said it once, and I was like, oh, did I hear that correctly? And I had the thing open, and it's uh, I have the wiki open, and yeah, I think it's it's Livia. Yep, you're right. 
that I trust that wiki more than my ears. Uh, (laughs) It does sound a little bit like you're saying Lydia, for sure. Yeah, it's also an ancient Roman name. She was an empress, so that kind of makes sense. It's like within the name theming thing going on here. That's right. That's right. I remember we talked about that for a good long while on an episode, and my poo brain is just doesn't remember anything these days. Getting uh, older. <laughs> I actually had a doctor tell me recently, I'm like, I'm thirty I'm thirty nine years old, I'm getting old and she's like, That's not that old <laughs> Right. I'm like, Well that's nice. Uh, thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks, Doc. Um so uh we, we Pretorius goes in to meet Phaeton and Phaeton tells him that he's sending him to a, a new lab in Antarctica with another Neomega named Sulla to create a new breed of Neo-Sapiens. And yeah, Pretorius is just over the moon with this news. He's always wanted to go to Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. He, so, uh, fun, fun personal fact. My dad was actually stationed in Antarctica for like a year and a half. Damn. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's actually he's he's one of those rare he's actually the subject of one of those rare Wikipedia articles that doesn't that doesn't go anywhere else. Huh. Huh. Okay. No yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Cap- Captain Ronnie Hoyt and Birds Bird Station Antarctica. There's a there's an out there's like a cliff named after him. I think. That's nice. Wow. <laughs> uh. It's 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 really wild. I'll get off this in a second. It's really wild because you see pictures from it, and it looks like he he is almost on the set of um. Now I can't remember the name of it. The, the thing. The thing. It looks like he's at the same place almost. Are you one hundred percent certain it's still your dad and not a uh, some no. kind of shape shifting alien? I'm not. I'm not. But it was before <laughs> I was born. So what implications does that have? Ooh, How would you know? <laughs> is there a reason why they they send um why Phaeton is sending them to Antarctica though instead of like the Arctic, which would be a lot closer to North America? Like, well, never explained. There's not like a lot of landmass up in the Arctic, right? The Arctic's actually an ocean that's like covered over with ice caps, right? Yeah, uh, that's the only okay. reason I can think of. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. and Antarctica is like ultra remote like there are you know habited settlements above the arctic circle you know like there's svalbard Mm. in norway which is like pretty far up there like and they're going down if they're if this is i'm assuming this is the research that's going to lead to the some of the plot arcs later on uh so you probably want like complete isolation for something like that and where's more isolated than antarctica it's a pain in the ass just to get there let alone to navigate around it and it'll be surrounded by penguins Sweet. <laughs> uh, uh, Pretorius, Pretorius is um, like like you implied, Lexi, like not super happy about this, <laughs> and he 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 actually catches on at this point that like Phaeton is degrading, like mm-hmm. he's becoming more and more unhinged, and he goes to Lydia and he asks her like about it, and he says, "Is it because of the auto mutation?" Which I think is the first time we've heard of that. Yeah, because yeah. Phaeton's had this kind of growth on his face for a while now, right? Like since the end of the first season, but yeah, no one's and really talking s- about it. 
they've started yeah. they've started animating it too like it's it's like starting to like pulsate and ooze and shit it's like getting grosser yeah his yeah, face he... like twitches right a lot there's like yeah. a little tick or something going on there yeah yeah uh lydia or livia that tells him to like like don't don't even bring it up like how dare you and uh we switch to pretorius and Sulla watching over human workers at a base and they comment about how soon they will be completely obsolete. And we see one of the workers, like the only one not wearing a face mask, does a dead drop of intelligence for the resistance. And when she goes, we get like this kind of full circle moment where like we saw the hungry dog, but then we see people eating out of dog food cans. Yeah, which is like a dark little, you know, kind of reminder that it's either you work in these horrible labor camps and assumedly get at least regular food, if not probably very good food or very much of it, or you risk starvation in the ruins of so-called Phaeton City. Yeah. yeah. Grim. Uh, back at the Resistance headquarters, uh, the, the group reviews the intelligence that has just been dropped off, and it's about the, the lab that Phaeton is building in Antarctica. Um, but you know, Torres is like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to capture a Neo Omega, and they have this argument about what they're supposed to do. And the fa- my favorite part of this episode, I think everyone's favorite part of this episode, <laughs> is these two guys practicing Tai Chi in the background. Like one guy, one guy who we think we later learn is named Gillespie is doing it in an E-frame while the other guy like leads him through the exercises. Yep. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And, like, I guess that would be a good way to learn how to control your E-frame better, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think, that's, I think that's what was implied here, but yeah. in my inner mind theater, I also imagine that they're just cleansing the space because they're now living in a sewer, and so they were like, we got to smudge, we're going to do some meditation, <laughs> we're going to do some Tai Chi. We're going to get this feng shui the going, yeah. like, real good in here. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> But uh, and Kayvon, Kayvon, you you posted a great screen cap of this. Uh, if anyone's watching the scene, pay close attention to uh, the faces that Torres, Eve, and Napier make when the dude in the E-frame like trips and falls over. They're just like, Ugh. <laughs> it's like it's just it looked so sad. Like they just watched like a kid running somewhere like some like five-year-old kid just like trucking it and then just biffing it real hard and face planning and they're just like oh buddy <laughs> it's too good oh and it's like the fact that again like the best part of the, the best part of the facial expressions in this show is how long they'll hold some of these for us it's like a couple of seconds where they're looking like this and then it cuts to the guy in his e-frame and his like little helmet pops open, and the E-frame is like inexplicably way more damaged than it should be for having like just fallen over. And then he just like lifts his head up at this weird angle, and like he's got this kind of slack jawed, dumb look on his face. Like it's it's perfect. Great ten out of ten. Grade A. Wonderful. Excellent facial expressions. Well done. Kudos to the animating team. Yeah. Makes up for Rita's arm blade doing weird things in other scenes. Yeah. It like it like sometimes it's like not in the same position mm-hmm. and it's like pointing in weird directions. Right. Like I think it disappears at certain points too. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, as we've said it before, we'll say it again. Animation is hard. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. I know as, as someone with moderate drawing skills, like that would be a super difficult thing to 
draw at different angles and still have it visible and recognizable so i get it but it's it's kind of funny because every now and again you'll just be like oh and now the arm blade's gone just disappeared altogether <laughs> just just like barka's mustache yeah. But this scene yeah. totally... He just transforms into like a handsome, clean shaven man. <laughs> this uh, scene makes up for all of that. Yeah, hundred percent beautiful. Uh, so like, eventually, eventually, you know, Eve, Eve, and Torres are like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go do this mission for Exofleet, and Napier leaves, and I don't, I, I like, didn't understand why he left. Uh, he's going to some like meeting. I think he says it when he first runs into um, uh, when Taurus first arrives. He's going to like some meeting, resistance meeting or whatever. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, it, it, but so we we cut over to Eve and Torres like casing out the Neo Sapien base, looking for an opportunity to capture a Neo Mega. I'm not sure if they're specifically looking for Sulla. Like I don't think they know he's there. They just know that there are Neo Megas there, and this is this is like. Not the first instance, but like the first re- the like first time I noticed in the episode that like Taurus is being a jerk, especially to Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I mean she's and... kind of gruff in general, as Kayvon said, but like her her attitude towards Eve in this episode is really just excessively rude. It's very off whatever. I don't know if you want to say. During the Tai Chi scene, there's a moment where like they're talking about the, the intelligence report. And, um, what's her face? Um, uh, Torres just like butts in and actually literally elbows Eve out of the way. Um, and like, yeah, yeah, it's, I'll grab a screen cap of it. It's like, she like physically just like kind of blocks her out and is like, Oh, I'll work. I'll do this. She's something like, I'll do this or whatever. I'll get the line here in just a second. But yeah, she's like really, um, just like starting to get really aggressive with Eve early on. Like, no, I'm like, I'm the one in charge here. I'm like, this is my show. Like all this kind of shit. I was talking earlier about like ways you could read into that. And like the, I guess, I guess the one way that may make sense is that like, she is trying to establish that she is in fact the one in charge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because that's her her line. I just got it now. Is um when she like Napier's like, oh yeah, like I need you guys to deal the deal with this or whatever while I'm away or something. And um she barges in, like puts her elbow over like literally in front of Eve, kind of pushes her out of the way of it, and says, "Don't sweat it, Napier. I'll be here to back up your team." Yeah, that's right. She's like implying that they're all like incompetent, right? Yeah. Right. And she's like the the you know like fucking you know professional. She's the professional soldier here. They're all a bunch of amateurs. Well, I mean, to be fair, they did just see Tai Chi Man Gillespie bite it, and uh, oh, the other the other guy doing Tai Chi, his name is Voodoo. Really? Oh, goodness, that's interesting. Is he yeah. the? He's he the guy that with, like also like really weird hair? Like he's got a little bit. Yeah. Of a, it's not even a full mohawk. It's just like a a squiggle of hair on the top of his head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like oh, well, like. Like a weird, like a weirdly like circular cornrow, <laughs> you know, like an underdeveloped, um, like Jerry curl. Like it's, it yeah. was going to be a Jerry know. curl, and then all his hair fell out except for that. <laughs> uh, well, so after after they case the joint, and they're like, okay, we know that he's in there. Let's let's get it. Let's let's go with the rest of the plan. Um, the resistance and Torres are loaded up on a truck. And they 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 get through the first checkpoint to the Neo Sapien base, and they're gonna jump out 
when the truck unloads. But the Neo Sapiens are know they're coming because or didn't necessarily know they were coming. But the the Neo Mega, what was what was Shiva's advisor's name again? Gavon? Uh there's Lusalis. Yeah, is the Lu- kind of head one. Lusalis like predicted this and set up a trap. So the Neo Sapiens spring the trap. Uh, corner or shoot shoot the truck causing it to crash and they have a they have a, this kind of prolonged fight scene where um we see these great pink neo sapien uniforms like i legitimately like them i would Super cosplay awesome. that shit yeah um, it's like a vibrant outgoing almost reminds you a little bit of like cobra troops a little bit but just yeah. like <laughs> cobra troops on casual friday <laughs> It's it's pink day, everyone. Right? Yeah, it's it's breast cancer awareness month. They're like they're just doing their um you know, like acknowledgement of breast cancer around the yeah. Neo Sapien base. Two Neo Sapien women with breasts. <laughs> 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 it's also Livia in case one day she has breast cancer. Like Livia, Sorry, we want you so to be dark. aware this could be a thing that could happen to you. <laughs> so we're all gonna wear pink. We we must we must protect Livia and Neo Nurse from having to go through this. <laughs> Auto mutation of the breast is a serious concern Neo Sapien women deal with. Oh, that's that's a fetish site somewhere. That's oh a, no, that's a very specific. That's a very specific subreddit, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, all things oh that the adult live action remake can explore. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe maybe, maybe not we can skip that one. <laughs> mm, Auto mutation oh. for. <laughs> this is also like I like I think I'm I think it's uh. Is it Jinx or um, uh, yeah, which Jinx. is the, it's who just like Jinx. barges out of the uh, yes after they wreck their um so like yeah like you mentioned like they get jumped and then like the truck crashes and he just barges out like guns blazing charging at these like e frames and gun emplacements not he's, in an e frame whatsoever he is charging at like a dozen Neo Sapiens with a handgun yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he say something also like, oh, well, like, if we're going down, I can take a few of you with me kind of thing? Yep. Like a total suicide mission on the spot. Jinx is ready to die and go to Valhalla. He's, yeah. he's <laughs> taking him with him. It's like victory like, or Valhalla, boys. Let's do it. Maybe he's tired of eating dog food. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a rough time. But despite Jinx's suicide charge, everyone <laughs> almost escapes, except for our poor... Our poor beloved Gillespie, who gets shot down um, as as they're flying away, which I mean, it does add weight to the scene. Like it would yeah. have been, it it would have been like, I mean, it's not really believable because it's cartoons like standing at each other, standing looking at each other, firing and distinctly missing every time. Right. But like, it, like adding adding some death of a named character to a scene does add weight to it like you know you get the sense that especially voodoo the other the tight the other tai chi jag is upset about this he brings it up later he's like was this worth fucking losing gillespie right and right. no one ever answers him because i don't think anyone thinks it was yeah but it does you know it adds it adds a bit of like weight and a bit of tragedy to the scene like it makes this a meaningful mistake right yeah oh and heightens the threat of the Neo Megas. They killed yeah. They killed somebody. They got one of these, you know, the resistance doesn't have a ton of people either, so they're gonna feel we're this. S- we're really starting to learn that the Neo Megas are dangerous. Like yes. we didn't like we saw we saw them on series. We obviously have started to understand that they were smarter and more creative than bait than 
Neo Alphas, I think that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now we're seeing like they are clever, they are underhanded, and they are ruthless. Um, the uh, I gotta I gotta actually write down the name. What what is <laughs> what, Lucellus? Lucellus uh is now explaining to Shiva that he set up the trap. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Lexi. <laughs> Uh, he, that he set up the trap um, to to catch the catch the resistance without letting Shiva know, and uh, Shiva is of course like, "How dare you take command of my men like this without telling me?" But then, like, we start to see that like Shiva, even Shiva, is starting to recognize that the Neo Megas are are make plans that you should listen to because they're usually good plans, right? Um, and he, Lucillus said, like, kind of, uh, you know, it's like, well, maybe if we let them capture Sulla, we'll lead them back to the resistance base. And she was like, that's a great plan that I just came up with. <laughs> uh, and he, a- he asked, like, well, how are we going to find him? Because we can't put a tracker on them because the resistance will just take it off him. And Lucellus tells us, like, reveals another, like, unique pro- property to the Neomegas that they can emit a very like like dog whistle pitch noise that they can use to communicate and that's how they're going to find the resistance headquarters if they set this up for Sulla to be captured and uh the other thing is Shiva just wants to murder all the human workers yeah that's <laughs> yeah, his like, kind of response it's like oh there's a traitor kill them all yeah, there can't be any traitors if everyone's dead. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I also, it also, you know, we, we we get we get another great version of mansplaining, neo mega splaining, um, <laughs> because because like sometimes Shiva does get it and understand, but he just keeps talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shame. Sulla feeds false information to the human workers, and that is passed to the resistance. And they they come up with this plan to assault a train that Sulla is going to be on so they can capture him. Um, we get we get a great line from a resistance member whose name I don't know. He's like, "Let's move that choo choo," and they divert <laughs> they divert the train and uh, they attack it. And very quickly they stun and capture Sulla. We have a brief and- moment. Before that, though, just really wanted to highlight where, like, even because um, it like kind of it's more building tension between Eve and Torres because like they're mm-hmm. talking about this mission and then Torres basically or Eve um, basically boots Torres off the mission and says this is a resistance mission we're gonna handle yeah. it like you can fuck right off I've had enough of your bullshit yeah she did I I completely forgot about that she like like you said she's just like you can stay at base for when we get back. Yeah. Yep. Although Torres correctly is like, I'm worried this might be a Neo trap also. Yes. It's like, this seems yeah. a little too convenient. And like, but at this point, I think Eve's had it up to here with Torres. So she's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go out. We're going to do this right. You can fuck off. Like, we don't need you because Torres has been, she, Torres even makes a comment, if I remember correctly, after Gillespie dies about like kind of reprimands Eve for being upset and tells her to like pull herself together. <laughs> you know, yeah. talking about toxic masculinity. It's like, stop being so emotional, woman. Like, let's go. <laughs> oh well, I just thought of this though. Do you think that the writers are trying to mirror the relationship between Torres and Eve 
with the relationship between Lucilis and Shiva. There are parallels in this episode. Because actually, so um, going way back to the beginning, that first scene where Torres and Napier talk, um, she says something like, I don't question orders, I just follow them. And then like the transition to the next scene with Lucilis and Shiva is, um, I think he like... Shiva says something like, are you questioning Phaeton's orders? So there are these like little parallels going on. Uh, also, I mean, obviously there are like literal dogs in this episode, which <laughs> we can talk about in a minute, but also like the dogs of war. Like who are the actual dogs of war here on either yeah. side? So I don't know. Yeah. There's some interesting parallels right. potentially. That's already good. You think about the game. phrase like right, fighting like dogs also and everything and like that's kind mm-hmm. of there's like all this infighting among both sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, I've been kind of waiting for the right moment to bring this up but um, the, the names of all the Neo-Megas I think this price we're kind of talking about the infighting and everything is probably the moment to do it. The names of all the Neo-Megas are all people who were um, key figures in the kind of end of the Roman Republic. I was wondering about that. They all sound like names from the HBO series Rome. Uh, yeah, so they're a little bit before Rome, but like Sulla is uh, – so there was like a whole bunch of like discontent toward the end of the Roman Republic where you have like people – and I'm not an expert in this. I just listened to some Dan Carlin podcasts and like a few other like odds and like mostly just history podcasts. So I may get a few details slightly wrong, just prefacing, but – um, there was a whole lot of discontent, like the Roman population was growing, but Rome was like struggling with unemployment issues. Um, it's, this may sound very familiar, but a lot of the wealth was concentrated in the hands of a handful of people. Um, and there wasn't a lot of economic opportunity for your average Roman. Um, a lot of the work was de- being done by slave labor also at the time. Um, and so there was a bunch, there's like basically just a great mass of impoverished, unemployed people who were very unhappy. And there was a person specifically who would represent them in the Senate, somebody named the Tribune. Um, and there were a bunch of Tribunes who tried to, um, kind of fix, uh, stuff and change, um, uh, change things, uh, for the better, for the poor, but they, um, almost invariably, I think almost all of them got massacred by, uh, like the kind of rich people in Rome, more or less. Uh, so, but this kind of led to a bunch of instability and civil war. So the first Roman civil war was actually quashed by Sulla, um, who stepped in and crushed everything and became dictator for a while. And then voluntarily, um, voluntarily resigned his dictatorship but he set the stage for seizing using the army to basically seize power by force in rome and was like a kind of like model for julius caesar who would later kind of spell the end of the roman republic uh gracchus who is the uh we'll be introduced to gracchus at the end of the episode he's like basically like uh sulla's replacement uh gracchus was one of these uh tribunes who tried to fix things um and then was murdered um uh basically uh, i think he was like beaten to death um and then his younger brother tried to do the same thing and was all his younger brother's name was like was gaius i think and then he was killed um also uh trying to do basically the same thing his brother did um and so like it's kind of it's interesting because it's like this like all these names point to a moment where roman society radically transforms and it's replaced by eventually the empire and like the end of whatever you could call Roman, like, quote-unquote democracy, because it's not, like, what we think of now as a democracy, but still, like, you know, like, some sense of this republic is replaced by, you know, this um, more autocratic 
imperial system and all of that. So it's like a kind of interesting, like the, you know, like this episode ha- introduces all of these like Roman named end of the Republic named characters at a time when we're seeing all of this infighting and this shift in power in Neo Sapien society, right away from the Neo alphas and these Neo alpha generals slowly being undermined and supplanted by these um, Neo megas who of course, obviously, you know, have some, you know, designs on, uh, on, um, Neo Sapien rule and all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really, int- I didn't even like, I thought they sounded Roman, but I didn't bother to look up who any of them were. So that's super cool. I like that. Yeah. Let's get yeah. back to that choo-choo. <laughs> <The> choo-choo. <laughs> no, that is really cool though. <laughs> Uh, this is, so the like I said, the resistance the resistance diverts the train. They capture Sella. They scan him for trackers, like they said they would. And then like he's kind of faking being unconscious, and he lets he lets out that high pitched frequency that the dogs can hear. And there's all, there's like this brief moment where Eve is like, "Why are those dogs barking like that?" Mm. But she but like they don't. You know, there's no other reason why they would investigate that. Um, and uh, they return to headquarters with Sulla, who is, you know, of course, giving away their location. Uh, they quarrel with Torres about how, or Eve quarrels with Torres about how easy the mission went. And Torres is like, there's no way the mission should have been that easy. You know, she's really starting to, like, drive home the fact, like, this is a trap. We yeah. shouldn't have brought him here. I have to leave with this guy right now to get him to complete my mission. Otherwise, yeah. we're, we're not going to have a chance to get out. And but- to Torres's like um, kind of discredit her attitude toward Eve, her antagonism there is like kind of made it so that kind of ensured that Eve's not going to take her seriously, because Eve's going to interpret this as Torres just thinking, well, the fact that we were able to pull this off, you know, like she's going to think it's too easy, even though we pulled off this like difficult, you know, maneuver or this difficult yeah, had, mission. Had Torres been a better leader maybe Eve would have taken like taken her advice instead of immediately dismissing her. But it also, you know, it's the, the blame is on both ends too. Right. Cause like Eve should recognize that Torres is this incredibly experienced exofleet officer and like probably should be listened to, to a certain extent. Um, Yeah. But it's, again, I think it's like Torres just being, cause like at one point, even, um, you know, Eve's like getting upset with uh, Torres saying stuff. And then like Torres in just like the ultimate kind of, I think Lexi pointed out, she's like, Oh, well that's gaslighting. Like Torres is like, well, you're making this personal Eve. (laughs) And it's like, uh, haven't you been doing that? Like the whole episode Torres, like, come on now, man. Yep. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, She, Shiva, uh, almost like Shiva and Lucilis are, are, getting or talking about what they should do next because Lucillus like uses the 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 frequency the 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 communication to figure out where they are and he figures out that they're almost directly beneath Shiva's headquarters and he gets super pissed about that and he's like we're going to crush them right now Lucillus says like, the ground no. with his big sexy weird feet <laughs> yeah it makes the whole building shake like only 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 neofeet.com um <laughs> The uh, you imagine how hard it is to make shoes for Neo Sapiens? I don't think Anyways, they wear shoes. Yeah, don't they? I think they wear they like wear feet shoes? gloves. Yeah, because they can curl their toes and do stuff with them, right? So like, why would you put shoes that would constrain? They would have to be like those weird toe shoes that people run in. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. If he's wearing like like foot foot gloves basically in that scene. Okay, I I seem to recall them being green, but I guess yeah, that's he's blue, so that would make yeah. sense. He's wearing he's like, got, like yeah. yeah, they match his uniform. He's wearing matching foot gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, Shiva, Shiva wants to attack because like he's super angry that they've been there the whole time and Lucellus is like no don't do that We, I, the leader of the resistance isn't there we should wait for him to come back so we can capture them all but he ignores the advice and sends in the attack anyway um, I love when the attack starts like one of the things Taurus does is just like walk up to that Neo Mega and blasts him in the head he's like boop <laughs> oh, with the and he makes stun? this great That's right. Yeah, it makes this great face too. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, she's just like close quarters, like stunning him with her gun, right? Yeah, and like, like he's covered in kind of electricity animation or whatever, like little. Yeah, I'll get a, uh, I'll get a screen cap of it. This won't, this won't cause any mental degradations. Tasing someone in the head. <laughs> he's in the Omega. He can handle it. It's gonna be yeah, fine. Yeah, big brain, big brain boy. Uh, the uh. The resistance begins to abandon their base to flee the attack, but they're pinned in. Um, they've obviously got, got traps and everything set up everywhere, but Shiva has just sent an overwhelming force. Um, and at this point, Napier is just returning to the base, and he hears the blaster fire, and he rushes to help. And did you guys notice there was this weird, like, overlaid scene no. While they're like running through the sewers, I don't know what that was. Like it looked like they were almost looking at Lucellus and Shiva again, but they were a different Neo Mega and different Neo Sapien, and it was very translucent. I don't know what that was. Um, this is after Napier is in the uh, in the sewers. I think so. I, I think it's like well, it's during the sewer battle. I'm not sure exactly when it happened. I just remember like watching. I'm like, what was that? Huh. Weird. No, I don't know uh, if I did notice that. I've got I've got no. the episode playing in the background, so I'll I'll see if it comes up and It's 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 not super important. Just, uh, oh yeah, the, uh... no, that is weird. Yeah, so you see it too? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely odd. Um Yeah, it's like some Neo Sapien commander and like yeah, one of the Neo Megas. Um it's it not was, Shiva. It, it was probably just it was probably just some like editing oversight or something like cut content that they just didn't quite scrub out completely yeah um, or like they're just trying to show like the neo sapien it's weird yeah it's a weird one there's yeah. the image where's my discord there's my discord yeah exactly i don't, I don't know what was going on there oh i love so game on just show, again viewers i know you love listening to descriptions of visual things on an audio <laughs> on an audio podcast but watch the watch the moment when torres stuns that neo sapien he looks hilarious yeah we we can always post some of these to our facebook yeah too. yeah should make memes out of those yeah, last time i made a sure. meme someone yelled at me for for talking about masks and misspelling something i, was, uh, I took it to heart <laughs> i cried for weeks i just i was never the same whoever that person is you should feel bad you should feel absolutely what? terrible how dare you why why wow. is everyone so mean to me? <laughs> God damn internet. internet. <laughs> That's what it's done to us. Speaking of, oh, speak, uh, uh, another divergence of people being mean to us. Someone gave us a one-star review on Apple Podcasts and Sick. didn't leave any comments. Who are you? I <laughs> I must know. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Them's fighting. 
words or you you, you are the villain of my story <laughs> uh well uh, it's you know i'm glad people are listening yeah oh the one thing i forgot to mention was uh the when when they brought solace back to their base they were like they made some reference to the Amanda Connor, sh- the Amanda Connor show, and Celis <laughs> yeah. was like, "That that show is no longer on the air." Very menacingly, and Eve's like, "We know." <laughs> Just like, yeah. What do? You, how do you think that happened? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it was a big blow to the uh, cargo bikini industry, though. It was. Yeah. Never, never recovered. Uh, <laughs> I love. I Napier is like. This is. Uh, we've seen characters be like wrecking machines before but this is like one of the most like napier takes down a neosapien e-frame with his fucking bare hands <laughs> and then like judo flips shiva's like giant e-frame over him and then proceeds to just demolish this entire neosapien force to let the the resistance get away yeah Again, bad bad design here, where your like E-frames open latch is accessible from the outside and apparently right? not lockable. Like again, having emergency access, but like you should probably make that shit a bit more secure, so random dudes can't just run up and twist it and eject you from your E-frame. Right. But you know, uh, Napier's a boss. D- despite making fun of this, I really do think this this whole sewer battle is one of the best action scenes we've seen so far in the series. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty um, good. It was really good. Really the uh, the and after after this long, pretty long drawn out battle, uh, the resistance gets away. Um, Torres flies up into space, but not before having like a brief reconciliation moment with Eve, because at some point she like saved her life by taking a bunch of rocks that fell off on her e frame off her. Um, so like I think I think again that that drives home what I was thinking about before where like they're trying to parallel the two relationships but the difference is Shiva and Lucillus never become a working pair because they're they're too self-centered but Eve and Torres have this moment where they're like okay I guess I guess this this can work yeah because like well a they're probably in a little bit more of a desperate situation and b like I think it's just implying that like that the the members of Exofleet really are and the resistance really are like understand that they need to work together to win. Right. Well and Torres is an asshole, but she's not gonna like leave Eve to die. Right. right. You know, like there is tension between them, which is the the reconciliation is like really simple in this show or this episode because again it's a kid's show, so it can't fault it yeah. there. But yeah, like Torres is not such a horrible person that she's just gonna be like peace and like leave yeah. a stuck Eve to like get shot to bits or whatever. Later, but it is a nice it's a nice I think Dave's right, it's a nice contrast between like, you yeah. know, the cutthroat world of Neo Sapien politics. It's deeply Byzantine, everybody's stabbing each other in the back, plotting and scheming. Whereas the, you know, like Terrans are working together here and it's like very much even mm-hmm. as they're butting heads and there's this like kind of battle of authority between Eve and Torres, like ultimately like it's, they recognize we're on the same side, we're all in this together. And like their kind of reconciliation moment at the end, Torres actually salutes Eve and calls her commander. Yeah. Um, and like oh, kind of basically that. like recognizes her authority and all that, which is like mm-hmm. kind of what Eve was upset about the whole time was that like she wasn't being taken seriously by Torres. Yeah. 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 
uh, uh, so after after that, Torres flies off with Sulla, and then we get to see the closing scene where uh, Phaeton is berating Shiva and demotes him for his failure, uh, promotes Livia to the commander of Earth, and then Lucillus brings in this guy, brings in this new Neomega named Gracchus, who to replace Livia as Phaeton's top advisor. Yep. Yeah, like, what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got we've got a mentally unstable leader and a a dupli- duplicitous Neo Omega working together, right? Like, yeah, right. This is gonna end swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, but at least Livia's a girl boss now, so yeah, yeah. I mean, and I really, I think, I really admire um, Phaeton's efforts to elevate the voice of women and to really kind of you know diversify his. Uh, you know, immediate command structure. I have elevated 100% of Neo Sapien women to command positions. <laughs> Technically 50% because Neo Nurse. I think, I think there were a few, I think there were a few bikini Neo, Neo Sapiens on, on that, on that Island. So oh, there, true. There's, there's, there's more than them. We just don't know their names. Blah, blah. Yeah, they're just not real we characters. Don't, we don't even know Neo Nurse's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For all we know, it could be different. Neo- we should go back and see if every time we see that Neo Sapien nurse, they have the same head marking. They might be different people. I never looked. Oh Multiple Neo nurses. <laughs> Winfield, you cad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bit of the old blue fever. Oh, no. Shame. <laughs> I mean, uh, and I if- didn't. If they ever do an adult remake of this show, they're going to have to explore that. We can't go without knowing. Uh, and I didn't, uh, for some reason, I didn't watch to the end to see if there was a good end card. Did either of you? I don't think there I don't was think one. There was this time, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I imagine you probably did watch to the end, but there was just no end card. I think, like, they're kind of over through those because, like, I don't know how many more they had left anyway. Well, they, I mean, there was there was a significant amount of Able Squad and that hadn't been covered yet. Like, I guess so, yeah. We haven't seen De Leon, and, but yeah, no end card this time. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank, thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Do uh, do either yeah. of you two have anything interesting you want to tell people to watch or go see this week? Well, it being the weekend that it is, we went and saw a certain movie that came out. <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it the? Was it the derivative of that video game I used to play, Dune? Yes, yes, the that video, <laughs> that very notable video game movie, yes. uh, Dune. Yes, uh, it was amazing. I loved yeah. it. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it yet, Dave. Yeah. So, so, like, I I've never watched the I've never read any of the books. I've never watched the David Lynch version the whole way through, and I didn't watch like that sci-fi channel version of it, which I actually heard was kind of fun, but. Uh, like literally my exposure to Dune is watching a little bit of the David Lynch movie and that video game I was joking about. <laughs> so and like, I think I guess, you can... I guess it, Oh, go ahead. Like, is it, is it still something fun for not, for not, for people who aren't necessarily immersed in the lore and story of the Dune novel series? Yes, I think so. I mean, I've only read the first Dune um, because I've mm-hmm. heard there's like a lot of kind of mixed feelings about the books that come after it. And a lot of people kind of just treat it as a standalone book. But I, and I read the, I read the first book back in college. It's been, I missed 20 years at this point. Um, but 
I think if you're like if you like big sweeping grand um visually rich uh really in- interesting just like an epic cinema it's a movie for anybody it's yeah. wow is it stunning um it's just gorgeous and i think like you'll have no trouble following along like if you kind of understand the basics of like yeah there's this thing called spice it's basically like oil for the universe this is set in uh and there's only one planet you can get it and that planet has indigenous people on it who aren't super happy about people coming and taking their spice uh that's about all you really need to know going into it to really like they they do a good enough job i think sort of explaining everything and most of the time you're just going to be kind of goo over the like um just absolutely stunning beautiful visual imagery of that film and like really boss i think action scenes really cool kind of fight choreography yeah yeah, yeah i don't know what lexi probably can say yeah because i i read the novel last year in preparation for the movie <laughs> um and i actually enjoyed the novel more than i thought i would and so again like going into this i didn't really go in with a kind of clean slate mindset uh but we went with a friend who's never read the novels never watched the david lynch had no kind of um preconceptions and she really enjoyed it like she commented on the world building immediately when we got out and we were just kind of unpacking like the set design the um character and like what do you call it like costume design as well was really beautiful and like well thought out um i think if you already have some knowledge of like the novels it would help but again i watched the david lynch one with no clue what was going on and (laughs) i've got to be honest like i think this movie is much easier to follow than the david lynch version 100 percent, yeah definitely the one the one thing my friend told me about it because he he watched it like the day it came out uh was that they changed baron harkonnen like well they they moved him away from like the gross like disgusting like pustule character in the David Lynch version to like something a bit something a, that's a different kind of menacing He's still gross Yeah it's He's still, oh, yeah. still gross It's just a different design but I thought it worked oh, okay. pretty well And it's yeah. a well, that's what who's like really good at playing that that's what I was gonna say. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine even like just a little bit of exposure. I have that character not being gross. He is. He's just a more understated grossness. Instead of like beating you over the face or over the head with the fact that his face is like literally rotting, mm-hmm. he's just like he's like the the phrase bloated corpus or uh, corpulence kind of comes to mind. Like he's just like uh. this like gross fat. There's a scene where he's eating that's really awful. Oh. Um, and just like, cause like, it's just the constant sound of him chewing in the background and he like gets up and he floats and he's still chewing. And it's like, there's another scene where he's in this, like kind of, for lack of a better term to describe it, oily shit bath. Um, uh, that's also not nice. Um, so he's still gross. It's just more understated. I, I love characters who are that kind of gross, like opulent yeah. gross. Yes. That's, that's one of my favorite kind of villains. Yeah. Um, well, I, I am I am probably going to watch it. I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it from the good reviews that everyone's given it. Yeah. Yeah, I would, and I'd recommend like you know I know it's it's COVID times and everything. We went to like a Saturday morning like eleven fifteen showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to not be around too many people when we went to see it, even though I think the theater was yeah. still pretty full. But it it's worth seeing in a theater if you can. I mean, it is one of those just like 
big visual films with a lot to just drink in and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I liked it so much. Like we came home yesterday and I found it on streaming <laughs> and watched like yeah. not the whole movie again, but like a third of it. And I think we're probably going to go back um, and see it in theaters again at some point. Cause it's, and I don't, I don't like, I love movies, but I very rarely go see something a second time in the, in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. I don't know. I, yeah. I think some people will find it slow because they like having, uh, this is going to sound mean and elitist, but fuck it. Like, I think some people really like having their story fed to them, you mm-hmm. know, and they really like having spelled out exactly what the plot is. And like, here is the character development. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, and it but doesn't I think do that's that. in it's there. So, no, but there it is. But it's just, again, it's like, it's very understated. It doesn't like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the complaints that I've seen are people like, it's slow. It's boring. There's no story. Those are some of the like criticisms I've seen, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. If you like a certain kind of action film, this might not appeal to you. But if you enjoy big theatrical slow burn with like amazing action in the middle kind of thing, I feel like the whole second act is just like one long riveting yeah. scene. Yeah, um, the, a friend of yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say the battle for Arrakis is. I was like, Intense. my jaw was on the floor the whole time. Wow. Um, and when you first see the Sadakar, who are like the emperors, like, because uh, like Dune's like the universe is ruled over by this like god emperor, and he has this like these legions of these like super zealous, like absolutely utterly devoted, like uh, maniacal soldiers, and you see like their planet and this like grim religious ritual where they're getting ready to go off to battle, and it's just oh my god is it just an amazing piece of cinema so so a friend of mine tweeted something that like made everyone angry he was he was just like the people who don't like this new who don't like dune are the same people who wrongly think that phantom menace was bad because it was about trade negotiations I, I don't know if I... I don't know. <laughs> like, I he was he was he was purposely trying to upset people with that. But uh, like... yeah. Phantom Menace <laughs> is the first Star Wars, like episode one of Star Wars, on right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yes, yes. Yeah, that movie was okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really speak to it. that as much. But I mean, I think like I think it's the people who are going to say they don't like Dune are people who like to be contrarian and not like things other people really like, like that a lot of people really like. People um, aren't allowed to like things, Kayvon. It's 2021. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's like there's like a species of person out there who's like that kind yeah. of contrarian mindset of like, I don't like the thing other people like. I'm cool. Yeah. And it's like uh, maybe in the 90s that was like a thing, but like it's 2021. Grow the fuck up. You're 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I think, like, you don't know how to watch movies if you don't find this engaging. Because it's not ever boring. It's not ever slow. Like, stuff happens, and there's plot, and it moves. And there's, like, it's not even subtle character development. There's plenty of, like, character development around the character of Paul and his parents. And, like, the stakes yeah. are laid out very clearly, very early on. Like, I got to do this right, or we're all going to die. And it's, that's uh, great. Yeah. Well, I look, I'm looking forward to watching it. Looking forward to watching it. Well, uh, on that note, I don't really have anything to plug. So, uh, oh, oh one thing I more? will say, um, and then uh, potentially, uh, maybe we'll have some like still images ready to go for this. When, when does this episode air? 
Uh, the general public will be able to listen to it on November 2nd. Okay, yeah, so I might actually probably have some still images. The comic uh, that I'm working on with my friend is um, our first issue, which is about 100 pages, is uh, lettered. Um, it's all blocked out. She's just wrapping up a few, like kind of cleaning up some of the images that are more sketched in than like fully rendered and drawn. Um, but it's going to be in the next, by the end of the month, like should be, or by the, like by mid November or so should be about ready to go. But we're, we definitely have like enough, like kind of like stills and images from it, um, to start sharing some stuff. So I might, um, you know, kind of run the time this episode airs, have some stuff to kind of put out and show for this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's link it on our pages make sure people see it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that's, that's exciting. Um, on that, on that note though, everyone stay happy, healthy, healthy and safe. And, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers everyone. Bye. Patreon, patreon.com slash EM network to support the show. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>